This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 185, submission 1406, The New Adventures of Beans Baxter. The New Adventures of Beans Baxter aired on Fox from July 18th to November 28th, 1987, and it ran for two seasons for a total of 17 episodes. Beans Baxter may look like your typical teenager, but this kid has one of the most dangerous after-school jobs going. I should know. I'm Baxter's boss. The government calls me number two. You see, Beans Baxter is a spy. Not even his mother or little brother knows he's working on the side. If they did, it could endanger their lives. His father was one of the network's top couriers until the notorious terrorist organization, UGLI, headed by the sinister Mr. Sue, kidnapped Baxter. Now it's up to Beans and the network to find his father and destroy UGLI's plans for world domination. And if you think it can't be done, then you don't know Beans. Guys, that is a classic Savage Steve Holland open if I've ever seen one. Ah, but yes. It's full of exposition and animation. You gotta love it. Oh, you gotta love it, baby. And as you mentioned, The Adventures of Beans Baxter, a Savage Steve Holland joint. Hey, not The Adventures of... The New Adventures of Beans Baxter. The New Adventures... Oh, I'm sorry. The New Adventures of Beans Baxter, a Savage Steve Holland joint. you damn right it was a Savage Steve Holland joint. If you don't know who Savage Steve Holland is, what podcast are you even listening to? This is the guy that created the whammies on Pressure Luck and directed Better Off Dead. Oh, and another classic 80s movie of mine, One Crazy Summer with John Cusack and Demi Moore. Oh, and, God, and Mike, do you want to know who was uh, who played John Cusack's best friends in One Crazy Summer? Who was that? Bobcat Goldthwait and Tom Villard. I had a feeling you are going to say Tom Villard. I just had a feeling. But also, when we're talking about Savage Steve Holland, please, we need to give respect to Eek the Cat. Oh, Eek the Cat was the bomb. Oh, Fox Kids classic. Underrated cartoon from back in the 90s. Oh, and, and that's got that's gotta air somewhere. That was a classic cartoon. That needs to be streaming somewhere. Yeah. It does. It does. So what can we say about early Fox? 
we have the gritty crime drama, the edgy sketch show, the sort of sappy rom-com. We had Second Chance. We had Married with Children. The anti-Cosby show, yeah. And uh, a bunch of other forgettable shows. The one thing that Fox did not have in 1987 was a show that the entire family could watch. Until July 11th, when they started programming Saturday nights. Yeah, because remember, as we said in Second Chance, when Fox started, it was Fox Weekend Television. Yep. And that would be, you know, that would be a year later. But we'll get to that. But there were four shows that started on Fox Saturday night. They were Down and Out in Beverly Hills, which we talked about in the Second Chance episode. Werewolf. I don't think we talked about that on the Second Chance episode. Karen's Song, which we haven't talked about at all. But we will. Yeah, well, in 2021, Karen's song has, like, a new meaning. You'd think it would be something else. Uh, yeah, I am thinking something, but I dare not say it, because, yeah. And the fourth show on Fox Saturday was The New Adventures of Beans Baxter, a Savage Steve Holland joint. Yeah. So what so, was the show about? Well, you heard it in the theme song. Oh yeah, it does explain the premise in the opening. Yeah, it does. But, you know, we'll we'll break it down one more time because that's just what we do here. This is the story of Benjamin Baxter Jr., a typical 17-year-old with typical 17-year-old problems living in the small town of Witches Creek, Kansas, with his mother, Susan, played by Eleanor Donahue, his father, Benjamin Sr., played by Rick Lenz, and his younger brother, Scooter, played by Scott Bremner, who you might remember as Encyclopedia Brown. Really? He was Encyclopedia Brown on that HBO show? Yep, he, he was. Wow. I watched the hell out of that show. I did. I did not realize that was the kid that played Encyclopedia Brown. Yep. I'm playing Benjamin Baxter Jr. By the way, his friends call him Beans. Is Jonathan Ward, who is just this... He's he's a, he's a known... He was a known... Uh, Quantity back in the day. Yes, he was. He was in the first season of Charles in Charge. Yep. Since he was in the first season of Charles in Charge. You know what that means, guys? Somebody has bingo? I don't know. No. Jamie Widows played his on-screen dad. Oh, but yes. Oh, and by the way, Jonathan Ward was one of the kids in the 1979 Broadway production of Peter Pan starring Sandy Duncan. I learned that while looking up Peter Pan when we were talking about Cyril Richard in the Bicentennial Minute last month. Interesting the things you find out while doing research for this show. Oh, yeah. 
Well, you guys just mentioned Encyclopedia Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know who directed eight episodes of that? And I think that's all there were, were eight episodes. Okay, who was it? Savage Steve Holland. Wow! That makes you know what? That makes perfect sense. That makes, that makes a perfect lot of sense. sense. Yeah, we've come full circle. Yes, we have. Amazing. I did not realize that was a set. Also, a Savage Steve Holland joint. Yep. Except uh, Encyclopedia Brad was filmed in Utah, whereas Beads Baxter was filmed in British Columbia. Hey. Hey, they made the show for pennies on the dollar back in the day. Guys, you're forgetting. I mean, we can talk about Beauty of the Beast, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, Living Dolls, Heart of the City. We can talk about all of this stuff. But you're forgetting the one big credit. The one credit. He was also in the 1988 cult classic. He was the older brother in Mac and Me. Play the clip! Cheapest ass special effects I think I ever saw. Oh, every, all the special effects in Mac and Me were so crap. You can tell that was a roller coaster water dummy in the wheelchair. Oh yeah. And you can tell that Mac and Me uh, that Mac was uh, green screened onto the scene. You can tell all of this. You can tell all this. They blew all their money on trying to get the advertising for Coke and McDonald's in this movie. Now. You have the family unit. But the dad has a secret. What? Now, Ben Sr., he's just a regular, normal, run-of-the-mill mailman. Or is he? What? What mailman would be transferred to Washington, D.C. and move his family there? I mean... Mail carriers usually stay where they grew up or where they, uh, you know, where they deliver the mail. But don't mail employees transfer sometimes? Sometimes, but you're talking about from a small town in Kansas to Washington, D.C. That's one hell of a transfer. Ben Sr. is not exactly who he says he is. Oh... He is actually a courier for the network. The network? The network. The network. He's working for Don Callis? No, he's working for Fox. No. um, The network is described as a postal service for the secret agencies of the U.S. government, all under the watchful eye of number one. What?! Yes, the yes, the dog from Star Trek Picard. No. Well, you know what? We'll meet number one momentarily. Oh, good. Because why is he called number one? That's embarrassing. 
Use your imagination. No! Do not use your imagination. And life in Washington, D.C., you know, is going on as it should. The family is completely unaware of Benjamin Baxter's secret double life until Beans stumbles upon his father's secret life when he witnesses him being kidnapped by a terrorist organization bent on, I don't know, national civic conquest? National conquest? It's not in the League of Cobra, let's just say that. No, this is not really a well-run terrorist organization. Yes. Oh, and by the way, this is 1987, so the terrorists are white people. Yes. So when the father was kidnapped, could you say that uh, uh, the beans were spilled about his secret? Oh, Jesus. I'm not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. You get, no. you get a four and a half out of ten, but you're not wrong. All right. But yes, Baxter is kidnapped by the Underground Government Liberation Intergroup, also known as Ugly. You get it? It's called Ugly. Headed by Mr. Sue, played by Kurtwood Smith. Red Foreman? Red Foreman. Well, this is... It's like Kurtwood Smith was like the number one heel back in the day. Oh, yeah. He was the bad guy in RoboCop. Which would have come out, I think, after... Probably around the same time. Either before or during the run of this show. Yeah. And, of course, we all remember his memorable line. Oh. Uh, something about shoving, shoving so much cocaine up your butt that you'll be sneezing blow for a week or something. What? He says this in RoboCop, Kurtwood Smith. Oh, I didn't know how dirty Red Foreman was. Oh, he was dirty. He was Clarence Boddicker was his name. Now that Beans knows daddy's little secret he has to go into the network and rescue him and you know along the way also run the occasional spy mission but he does have a little bit of help and but i say a little bit of help well it, it isn't much of the way of help they're just people who are there to be there because you're a high school student you need people to surround yourself with for example you have his old girlfriend Darla in Witch's Creek played by Kristen Cumming and then there are the uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah he's hunted down by Cake Lace the most gorgeous girl in his high school campus, but not the way you think he's hunted down. I think Cake Lace wants to kill him. Oh. What are you going to do, huh? Mm. It's all in the day in the life of a high school student turned spy. 
Anything? No. I got nothing. Reaction? No. Okay. So, what kind of adventures does this guy go on? Let's take a look, shall we? We got the guest star list ready. Okay, y'all ready? Let's do this. Let's yeah. jump into it, yeah. Okay. We have episodes one and two, a two-parter episode, Beads' first adventure. Benjamin Baxter Jr., whose friends call him Beads, is a teenager who, after his family moves to Washington, D.C., becomes a secret agent. In the premiere episode, Beads witnesses his father's abduction. Beads fails to rescue his father, and the network's number two informs him that he will only be allowed to continue working for the network until his father is found and freed. Oh, that's right, because Beans' boss, as we know from the opening, is named number two. Yes, uh, number two, played by Jerry Wasserman, who you'd know for such features like iRobot, Watchmen. Oh, he was in Watchmen? He was in Watchmen. What he did he play? Detect- he played Detective Fine on, in Watchmen. The movie or the series? The movie. Okay. If we're talking about TV shows, he played Jaeger Scanlon in Smallville. And he was uh, Detective Cobb in the future entry Mysterious Ways. And he played multiple characters in uh, The Outer Limits. And uh, he was also in Cold Squad... The Sentinel and the Crow Stairway to Heaven. Okay. We have any guest stars in the premiere? Oh, you better believe we do. Oh, good. Oh, where should we start? Playing Professor Van Cleef is Mary Crosby. Oh okay. wow. Yeah, oh Chico knows who she is. I know. I I, I definitely know who she is. Oh, wait a minute. Hold up. Time out. Is Mary Crosby the one who shot JR? Oh! Yes, it is. Yes, it's Kristen Shepard. Yes, it's it's Denise's sister, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. I did not realize that Tasha Yar was related to Bing Crosby. Oh, yeah. T- uh, Denise Crosby's Bing Crosby's daughter. Oh, I never realized that. You didn't what? know this? No, I never realized I thought that. you knew this. Oh, well, I guess this is my payback for you. Me trying to tease you about not oh, knowing. Oh, my Kirk's God. Son. I never realized that that was... No, I did not realize that. Hey, a couple years ago when I found out that the woman who shot JR was Bing Crosby's daughter, that blew my mind because it was revealed to me by, of all people, Dave Meltzer on Twitter. Oh. Because Dave Meltzer was a big fan of Dallas back in the day. Oh, and by the way, I was wrong. Not the sister, the aunt of Denise Crosby. Oh, she's the aunt of Denise Crosby. Okay, yeah. well that's different. But but she's still the daughter of Bing Crosby. Yeah. So, so she probably at some point in her childhood got hit with a sack of Valencia oranges by her dad because that's good parenting, right, Bing Crosby? That's right, Peter. 
And if your kids give you any lip, you can beat them with a sack of sweet Valencia oranges. They won't leave a bruise, and they'll let them know who's boss. There's no doubt about it. That, that, that doesn't sound right. Are you giving me lip, boy? Because I'll take this belt off and put the smack down on you. Is that what you want? Ow! Hey, 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 ow, ow, take one of those. Hey, hey, huh? what the, ow! Knock it off! Get away from me, huh? you dead yeah. crooner! Hey, it's thanks to Bing Crosby we have Game 7 of the 1960 World Series. <laughs> well, it's true. He recorded Game 7 of the 1960 World Series on a kinescope. It wasn't discovered for like 50 years. Yep. You're, you're not wrong there, absolutely. That is, that is correct. Yeah. That's hey, true. hey, we also got another special guest in this episode. Ooh, I know this person. Yeah, uh, playing Kanju in this episode... Wendy O. Williams, not Wendy Williams, the talk show host. No, Wendy O. Williams, the punk rocker. Yeah, punk rocker. You got it. And keep your eyes open because Wendy O. Williams will make several appearances on this show playing Kanju because she's like high up there in the ugly food chain. Okay, so she's like one of the big recurring baddies. Yes. Okay. Episode. Episode Three. Yeah. Beans meets Sean Weatherly. Who the hell is Sean Weatherly? You don't know who Sean Weatherly is. No. She's just one of the hottest H O T T T T T T T T people to come out of the eighties. She was in a Police Academy movie. Oh, wait a minute. Hold Police up. Police Academy 3, back in training. Okay, okay, that explains it. I'm more of a Police Academy 4 guy. Everybody's a Police Academy 4 guy. Everyone is a Police Academy 4 guy, especially that one scene with Bubba Smith in the police car with David Spade and those other two guys. Yama, 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 yama. Yama, 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 yama. Yama, 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 yama. Hey, don't let his voodoo mumbo jumbo scare you. Yama, 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 yama. Yama, 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 yama. Fools. You think they can kill the brother of Badula? I never thought that. Oh, did I could reach into the belly of a yak and rip out his heart? That would bring him back to life? No, man. I'm hungry. By the way, she did star in season one of Baywatch. Oh, the NBC season. The NBC season, yes. But aside from that, she was just that hot girl from that thing. But episode three, Darla surprises Beans with a visit at the same time he is asked to house a gorgeous Soviet agent. A gorgeous Soviet agent. And of course... Where, where do you hide a gorgeous Soviet defector? In your bedroom. Wherever the heck you want. Hey, we do have another guest, in, and this is actually a recurring guest, mm-hmm. but, but, but still a known quantity, a known entity, if you will. Uh, playing an ugly agent, again, U-G-L-I, not, not physically ugly. An ugly agent, number one, is Rick Overton, who is a stand-up comic who's been in the business for ages. He appeared on many episodes of An Evening at the Improv. 
Mm-hmm. If you remember, A and E aired that back in like the eighties and nineties. I do, I do remember that. Oh, but you know where I first saw Rick Overton? Let me take a good guess. Would it be as Rufus in the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures series? No, before that. Oh, before that. Before oh. that, yes. Oh. Uh, he actually played the big bad on the first episode of Encyclopedia Brown. Oh, oh that's there's right. another Encyclopedia Brown reference. That's three this Why episode. Why is it Encyclopedia Brown on this list? Well, it is going to be now. I'm putting it on the list, damn it. Good. And while you're doing that, a more recent reference for Rick Overton is he was on the Showtime series, I'm Dying Up Here. If you remember that about stand-up comedy back in like the mm-hmm. 70s, I believe. Oh, yeah, a, I do. A dramedy about comedy. Yeah, well, it wasn't a halfway bad show, but it, it's gone. Oh. Yeah. Sad. All less than 10 episodes, apparently. Okay, putting that on the list, too, then. Next episode, episode four. Beans runs for president. An assignment to save the president's daughter interferes with Beans' candidacy for class president of his high school. Because he's in Washington, D.C. And the only, yeah, the only thing worse than running for president in Washington, D.C. is running for class president in Washington, D.C. while trying to hunt down the ugly agents that snatch the president's daughter. Not many things are worse than that, but that's pretty bad. Playing the president's daughter, I want to say, is Karen Haber, who is uh, known for My Stepmother is an Alien, Frankenstein's Great Aunt Tilly, and Monsters. And also, are you ready for this? Oh, this is the one that I think Greg and I have been waiting for, yes. What is it? The voice of Annabelle on Eek the Cat. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that wasn't what I was thinking you're going with. And that, also but... Lucinda Meany in Encyclopedia Brown. Oh, that's four. <laughs> four Encyclopedia Brown references. And guess what, folks? We're not done. There's gonna be more Encyclopedia Brown references. All you know, all wait, the wait, oh, all the Encyclopedia Brown references. Wait, hey, Greg. What? Um. I think I have number five here. Oh, we have number five? Yeah, because playing Mr. Thornton in this episode, this is another semi-recurring character, is Taylor Negron. Uh-huh. And if you, if you don't know who Taylor Negron is, oh, uh. yeah, you, uh, educate yourself. He's one of the very talented, underrated uh, actors of uh, the last, like, 30 years. Not with us any longer, uh, no. sadly. But he, Greg... Oh. What? what? Yeah, guess what he was on two was episodes on, of. He was on Wings? Not even better. He was on Encyclopedia Brown too. Oh! What? How many? That's what? Two, five, two episodes. Six, six, ep, six references now to Encyclopedia Brown. Six references. Uh, it's it's at least five. It's at least five. Oh, five. We're, we're, we're losing track. We're losing track. Right now, we have more Encyclopedia Brown references than we do actual episodes we've gone through. Oh, jeez. Okay. That's just crazy. All right, episode, this, ep- this might be a record episode. Episode five. Episode five. Beans and the Satanic Backwards Masking Conspiracy. 
Beans investigates whether messages on records played backwards have a part in changes in the behavior of the son of the network's number one or director. And of course, his son, number one's son, is called Little One. Oh, that is terrible. No. Okay. But guys, we got a couple of guest stars in this episode. Oh, uh, we've we've got more we have a, a number, not not just a couple, a more than a couple. Okay, uh, we have plenty. But starting, we got to start with number one himself. Oh obviously. yeah, we talked about him all the way back in the college comedies of 1979. Number one is played by John Vernon. That's right, Dean Werner himself from Animal House. Yep. And Delta House, which is Delta. where he came up, yeah. Yeah, the se- the sequel to Animal House. Yep. And then we have a couple of r- agents uh, on either side of the law, I guess you could say, playing Murray DeLamore. You know him. You love him. He gave us a shout-out on his Twitter back in March of 2020. The one, the only... Tim Stack. That's right, folks. Parker Lewis's dad on Parker Lewis Can't Lose gave us a shout out on friends Twitter. Of the, friends of the show. We'll consider him a friend of the show, not only because he gave us a shout out, but because he was on Parker Lewis Can't Lose. And guys, you know why Parker Lewis can't lose? Why can't Parker Lewis lose? There's got to be a good reason. Because he can't lose. Parker Lewis can't lose. What if Parker Lewis was going up against Batman? No, he'd kick Batman's ass. He would win. Oh, hey, Greg. What? Mm -hmm. Timothy Stack was also on an episode of Wings. Oh! Oh! Okay, he's going to talk about Tony Shalhoub in three, two, one. Guys, you're going to learn a big secret, okay? (laughs) I don't think I've ever told this on this podcast before. I don't think you, I, I don't think you might uh, you might have once or twice. I don't know. Okay, you ready for the secret? All right. I don't think I can handle it, but go ahead. Did you all know that I love wings? <laughs> I am shocked. It's such a stupid joke, and I'm dying here. And did you? And did you know? That Wings made Tony Shalhoub's career? I, I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm equally surprised. By the way, fun fact. I want to let you know that WLNY here in New York airs Monk at 8 p.m. I just found this out. You know what? I'm glad for you, WLNY. You appreciate great television that you would put Tony Shalhoub in prime time at 8 o'clock. Good for you, WLNY. Good for you. WLNY TV. New, New York, York 55. 55. Oh, and funny enough. How do I ep- know that? Anyway. The funny enough, the episode that just aired tonight was called Mr. Monk Makes the Playoffs, <laughs> where Monk and Stoudemire cannot go into the biggest football game of the year until they discover who tried to blow up a fan in the parking lot. What? Now, but perhaps bigger than Tim Stack. Oh, this is big. This is big. Bigger than Sean Vernon. Oh. Playing Dr. Snyder. This is huge. 
the on this on this episode, D Snyder. Yes. Yes. And, and here's the thing, uh, because we do our research before the show. I know it doesn't sound like it, but we do. He actually acknowledges this on his Twitter back he, in September. He acknowledged he was on the new adventures of Beans Bagster. Yes, uh, replying to somebody who said, oh, snap, you were in the Beans Baxter up with D Snyder. I love that freaky show. Re- replying to Tim Stack on Twitter, D Snyder was like, yes, I was. That's that is, great. That's totally a D Snyder thing he would do. And, and one of the replies to that was, I vaguely wrote call, I'm a doctor, snap out of it. <sighs> oh, my God. Oh, my this is how great this show was 35 years later. The guest stars were talking about it. Perhaps, what, perhaps one of the uh, most underrated shows on early Fox. Oh, definitely. Oh, for sure. Yes. And we haven't even gotten a third way into it yet. No, this could be a long episode, guys. Perhaps. Oh, episode perhaps. six. By the way, playing the role of Little One was Sean Clemens, who was on. Another Fox show that taped in Canada, 21 Jump Street. And you know how I know 21 Jump Street was taped in Canada? Because Sean Clements was also an Indian writer. And frankly, any kid actor in Canada who's any kid actor in Canada has been on Neon Writer. Well, yeah, that is true. Well, and also because since it was done in Canada... Due to conversion factors, it was called 29 Jump Street up there. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Okay, episode six. Episode six. Beans' wicked and awesome adventures at college. A case of mistaken identity hampers Beans' ability to discover if a student radical is involved with ugly. And that collegian may hold the clue, a key clue, I might say, to finding Beans's father. Ooh. Ooh, okay. But guys, playing a guest star in this episode, playing Fraternity Boy. Are you ready for this? Bring it. Jason Priestley. That Jason Priestley? That Jason Priestley, yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been, what, about three years before 90210? Three years before 90210, yes. Okay. At least he's actually credited, unlike Luke Perry as Union Prisoner and Voyagers. Oh, boy. Okay, and playing the role of Sorority Girl, you know her from Death Note. You know her from Zatch Bell. You know her from Inuyasha. You know her from Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. You know her as the first voice of Gohan on Dragon Ball Z. Saffron Henderson. Who's that? A famous voice actress. Oh, okay. Just take Chico's word for it when he talks about voice actors okay. and actresses. Okay. I like voice actresses and voice actors. I like voice artists. All right. That's Especially true. when they're in anime, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Now we go to episode. By the way, I don't think we get closer to 
finding out anything about Beads' dad in that episode. No. No, that's, that, that's why there's 17 episodes in the series. All right. Sorry. Episode 7. Episode 7. And the first episode to be a co-write from Savage Steve Holland instead of just straight up written. And also the first episode not to be directed by Savage Steve Holland. Yeah. Beans in Ski Heck. On a ski vacation, Beans accidentally uncovers a scheme to kidnap diplomats. Okay, guys. Playing Senator Godfrey in this episode. Are you ready for this? I might be. Oh, oh yes. Pat McCormick. Legend. Comedy legend. legend. So very legendary. Sadly, no longer with us. It hasn't been with us for a long time. But if you ever watch old Carson, he's one of the Carson comedy players. Uh, Frequently on Carson. Big celebrity. Literally and figuratively. Very tall man. And he was on Match Game Hollywood Squares for a week. Oh, yeah. But guys, did you know that he was in the Shaggy DA? What? (laughs) Yes. You stop it right now. No, I'm not. Okay. One day we'll re- we'll do a live watch of the Shaggy DA, and we'll all love it. <laughs> and now we come to the first season finale. There's no place like Omsk. Beads meets with Svetlana, a defected Russian double agent who is severely homesick. Yes, Sean Weatherly is back as Svetlana. And an ugly hitman is targeting her. Oh no! Oh yes. And I and I don't know who the uh, hitman ultimately is, but I do know that we have uh, somebody from another series on this episode playing the role of Dolph is Kavi Raz, who is from Saint Elsewhere. You remember Kavi Raz from Saint Elsewhere, right? I guess. Yeah, Can he we played. Just shake Dr. our heads here. Yeah, you know, he played Doctor VJ Kochar. He was also another that guy from that thing, playing everything from a witness on divorce court to another doctor on True Colors to a waiter on the famous Teddy Z to Sing on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes. That's supposed to get a reaction from you. Yeah, I know. Okay. And that's the way the season ends. But season two begins... Well, it begins with a two-parter. And here's the thing. Episode nine. Beans finds his dad, but... Dot, dot, dot... Uh-oh. 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 All right, let me read this description. Beans locates his kidnapped father, but Mr. Sue hampers the rescue effort. Because of course he does. 
And then part two. Do you want to hear this description? Yeah, part two would be would air as the next episode on the next week. So technically, this is episode ten we're talking about now. Beans' second effort to rescue his father falls short. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Okay, and, do we have any guest stars on these two episodes? Uh, well, we have the return of Rick Overton as Elvis Lynx. Oh, cool. Well, playing Agent Ruck in this episode is Don S. Davis. He played Major Briggs on Twin Peaks. Oh, that's right. Major Briggs on Twin Peaks. Yes. Oh, Major Briggs on Twin Peaks. Nice. Uh, oh, I love Major Briggs. He was great. Okay, and uh, we have another known Canadian voice commodity in Blue Mancuma, who played, I think it was an agent. No, he, he played a colonel. He played a colonel. Of course, he was born in Seattle. He relocated to Vancouver, where he was in My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Hanu, Sabrina's Secret Life, G.I. Joe, Spy Troops, and the uh, first reboot of He-Man on the Masters of the Universe. As opposed to the second reboot of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe that just dropped. Oh, and speaking of reboots, he was also in Reboot. He played the voice of Gigabyte. Okay. All right. Oh, he was also on an episode of Future Entry, Nightman. Oh, Nightman. The show from freaking uh, Glenn Larson that had an appearance from Simon McCorkendale as Manimal. <laughs> oh, no. We may have to cover it just for the Manimal episode. You may have to cover it just for the Manimal episode. No, Mike, you gotta be on this. You loved Manimal. Loved is a, a pretty strong word. Well, that's yeah. why he used it. Episode 11 Beans's Unpleasant Introduction to Modern Science. Hap, a robot which Beans is testing for the government, runs amok, attacking children and animals and ruining a meeting with Darla. Now, you see, if Todd Bridges was programming this robot, this would be nothing. Yes. This robot would not malfunction. No. It would use its radio waves to take soda and change. You know, it wouldn't run about, it would just, you know, be all pranky. And make those weird noises like Yep. And uh, no one of any uh, consequence on this episode. Oh. oh, wait, that's wrong. I'm wrong. Rick Overton makes a third appearance. Oh, Rick Overton's back again. Good. Episode 12. Beans goes to camp. Oh. After Ugly steals a nuclear warhead, Beans goes undercover at a parasailing camp to find it. And he's caught between that stolen warhead and two amorous girls. Because remember... Beans is a 17-year-old who has hit his peak physically, but not chemically, I want to say. 
Oh, and one of the girls, are you ready for this? Oh, I know where we're going. Okay. Oh, yeah. Lay it on us. Is played by Heather Langenkamp. Oh, yeah. Heather Langenkamp. From a little show you might remember, Just the Ten of Us. Yeah, Just the Ten of Us. But she was in A Nightmare on Elm Street. That's what we best know her for. Nah, I best know her from just the ten of us, but that's oh, well, just me. I know, but most people know her best from Nightmare on Elm Street. Normal people remember her from Nightmare on Elm Street. Just say normal people. That's fine. Normal normies. People, normies remember her from Nightmare on Elm Street, but real people know her best from just the ten of us. And then you have Lindsay, played by Tara Vessels, who I guess is the second amorous girl that has her eye on our hero here. Cool. Not much is known about her. Okay. Next episode. Sorry. Episode 13. A Nightmare on Peen Street. Why was it Heather Lange Camp in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> Beans and his friends are set upon by a deadly pumpkin sent by Ugly's leader, Mr. Sue, and the Pumpkin Princess. By the way, fun fact, this show aired on Halloween. Wow. Okay, but guys, playing the role of Mrs. Jacobs is an actress by the name of Laura Waterbury. But the reason I bring her up is, you know what movie she was in the following year? Are you ready for this? Playing the role of Linda. Do you want to guess what movie she was in the following year? The role of Linda in an 88 movie. Uh, Mac and me. It has to be Mac and me. Yes, it was Mac and me. She was in Mac and me. Oh, no. She was also in Mac and me reference. She was also in One Crazy Summer. Oh, Oh, yeah, that does make sense because that, of course, she'd be one of the recurring people in (laughs) The Savage Steve Hunt. But she wasn't in Encyclopedia Brown, though. No, I'm but Rick Overton. What? Oh, look! It's Rick Overton as an ugly agent. Oh, Rick Overton's back again. Okay. And playing the role of the pumpkin princess is a lady by the name of Kitten Natividad. And I have to read this IMDb by it. <laughs> oh no, he's gonna do it. Do, oh, do I no. actually? Should I read this IMDb? No. If you don't, I'm going to. Okay, I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna read this IMDB bio. Just read the first six words. That's all you need to do. Miss Nude Universe twice in a row in 1970 and 1971 got her a topless non-speaking part in the new Centurions. Started working as a maid for fellow nude model and actress Stella Stevens. Went on tour as a strip dancer for three years. Met talent finder Russ Meyer, with whom she lived on and off for 15 years, and who apparently paid for her breast enhancements in 1979. What? That's all we need to say. Good night, everybody. Oh, um, oh. Miss Nude Universe twice 50 years ago. And she was a maid for Stella Stevens. Well, that's fantastic. Oh, this next episode, though. Oh, you ready for this title? I don't, know if, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready after uh, 
after hearing a so-called family show with a with Miss Nude Universe as a villain. Okay. Beans' home life gets ugly. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ha ha ha. Hoping to coerce Beans' father, Benjamin Baxter Sr., to talk, an ugly agent tries to get a photograph that will make it appear that Mrs. Baxter is having an affair with him. And guess who they get to play the person whom Mrs. Baxter's having an affair with? Oh, no. Are you ready for this, guys? Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Gee, Gordon Liddy. Oh, Jesus. No. <sighs> so, Gee, Gordon Liddy's trying to, I guess, have an affair with Eleanor Donahue. Why? Because he's G. Gordon Liddy, damn it. Because we're going to cover him in the not-so-distant uh, future on 18 Wheels of Justice. Oh, my God. Oh. I know we keep saying it, but when we do 18 Wheels of Justice, that's going to be a classic episode. That is going to be a classic episode. All the guests. Something. 18 Wheels of Justice. Oh, I still can't believe you introduced me to that. Oh, boy. Like, that was just, I died just over the concept of 18 Wheels of Justice. Okay. You're welcome. Oh, hold up, guys. Hold up. Fun fact. When actor, uh, okay. When G. Gordon Liddy was wearing a bowling shirt in this episode, it had G. Gordon Liddy embroidered on it with a cross through his name. Oh, jeez. This just gets better. And better and better. That's like one step below putting a piece of like gaffer tape over it. Okay, guys, playing the character of Ho Hum in this episode. Ho Hum? Ho Hum. <laughs> no. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I think I can handle it. Getty Wantanabe. Oh, sexy girlfriend! Oh, yeah, from 16 Candles. But also, he was Cooney in UHF. Oh, but yes. I'll take the box! The box! You took the box! Let's see what's in the box! Nothing! Absolutely nothing! Stupid! You're so stupid! We don't know what he's capable of. Oh, wait, there's more. Episode 15, Beans Under the Weather. After Beans' young brother, Scott Scooter Baxter, invents a weather-making machine for a science fair, Ugly schemes to use it for their own ends. Hold up, guys, time out. I forgot to mention one thing about G. Gordon Liddy from the last episode. What's that? Do you know what he else he was on at a guest spot in 1990? What? He was on Encyclopedia Brown! Of oh, course! Geez. Of course he was! <laughs> oh, gosh! <laughs> You're trying to kill me. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So, so, back to episode 15 here. We have a really big name on this show. Playing in the role of 
Mike Reno from Loverboy is Mike Reno from Loverboy. Wow, what a stretch. Mike Reno from Loverboy played a character named Mike Reno from Loverboy. I'm sure this was a, a horrid acting role for Mike Reno from Loverboy to play Mike Reno from Loverboy. I could never play Mike Reno from Loverboy. Oh, no. I'm not Canadian enough. I'm sorry. I'm sure I could be with a lot of practice, eh? Episode 16. Beans gets his driver's license. And it isn't pretty. Oh, and they put in parentheses, and it isn't pretty. Yep. Written by... Now, this was a uh, co-write for Savage Steve Holland with Bruce Wagner and Rick Overton. Oh, what the episode is about. Uh... Ugly agents Jack and Henry attempt to stop Beans from getting his driver's license. Yeah, well, I bet that doesn't work. No, it doesn't. So like we said, uh, Rick Overton's back in this episode as Jack. Playing the role of Henry is David Longworth, who is known for Friday the 13th. And, well, and uh, one episode of Airwolf. let's, let's Let's not kid ourselves here. Oh, Airwolf. Yep. But yeah, he's a that guy from that thing. But Taylor Negron makes another appearance as Mr. Thornton. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Meanwhile, we have another one crazy summer connection with uh, Kristen Gels as Sky and Robin Bacon as the hippie mom. The hippie dippy mom. Oh. Well, but but she she wasn't in one crazy summer though. Oh, that's Dell's a shame. Book. That's a shame. Yeah. Yo, it is a shame Tom Ward wasn't in this show. I just want to say, wouldn't it have been great if Tom Ward appeared on this show? Yes, he was probably busy getting it made. With <laughs> we got it made. I see what you did there. Okay, all right. Last episode. Last episode. Beans in Jungle Land. Beans infiltrates the Bad Seed Gang when his brother Scooter is falsely accused of selling drugs. What? His little brother, who's like four foot nothing, selling it's, drugs. He's sell. They're accusing the future Encyclopedia Brown of selling drugs. Yeah. Okay, that's realistic. Uh, yeah. And playing the role of, uh, I can't believe they named this guy Beef Wellington, but there you go. His name is Beef Wellington. Bernie Coulson, who you would know for shows like Intelligence, Da Vinci's Inquest, and Huckleberry Finn and his friends? What? What the hell is that? I- I'm trying to figure that one out myself. Let's look at <laughs> Huckleberry, Huckleberry Finn and his friends. He played the role of Sid. I have no idea who Sid is. I don't know anybody on this show. I'm guessing this is a Canadian joint. I'm guessing so too because I don't know who any of these people are. Hey, hey guys. Uh-huh. S- speaking of Canadian joints, playing Louise in this episode is an actress named Lawson Chambers. She's been in a lot of stuff over the years, but in her second acting role, 
and third for that matter, back in 1984 and 86, respectively. She was on Hanging in My Canadian Wings. Oh. Oh, nice. Yeah, we, we've got to get the Hanging in We got to make a visit to the youth center, man. Yeah, got to look out for the kids. For the kids. For the kids. Because as we all know, Jimmy Graham doesn't do it for the kids. Jimmy Graham doesn't care about the kids. He doesn't care about the kids. Jimmy Graham doesn't care about the kids. No. Sean Payton, he cares about the kids. cares about the kids. No. Jimmy Graham wouldn't take a slimy like a man. Nope. And we have another famous uh, voice actor on this episode. Playing the role of Sleazel, Mark Hildreth. You would know him as... Let's see. Pastor Tom Hale on Resurrection. The Astonishing X-Men. He played Cyclops. Oh! Yep. He played King Lotor on... I can't believe this isn't on the list, but I'm putting it on it right now. Voltron Force. Wow. The second attempt to reboot the Voltron franchise. And he also played Joshua on V... Which one? The the 2009 version. Oh, the 2009 version. Oh, that's Is that terrible. on the list? I think both versions are on the list, but okay. I don't want to talk about it. the 2009 version stinks. I don't want to talk about okay. it. Okay. I don't and, care and, if it, and, I don't care that it had Monica background on it. It's terrible. And he played Quicksilver in 2008's Wolverine and the X-Men. Oh, cool. So I wonder what variant of Quicksilver that is. And thanks, King. For fi- maybe they can reboot that horrible twist from WandaVision thanks to the ending of Loki. Let's pray to God they do because that f-ing sucked. Well, two more I'm going to add that Mark Hildreth was in very early in his career, just after Beans Baxter. Uh huh. He was a voice on Camp Candy, which I know is on the list. Yes. Yep. And if this isn't on the list, oh, I don't want to even touch this. If it's not on the list, it should be. It should be, but I don't want to touch this one with a forklift. He was on the Beanie and Cecil reboot as Beanie back in 1988. I don't know what Uh, Beanie and Cecil is. I have it on DVD. Yeah, they they tried to bring it back in 1988, and it lasted all of 13 weeks. Yes, and, and also that was brought to you by, uh, I believe, John Kay of Ren Stimpy. Fans. Ay, carajo! Oh, and, no. and I think that's all I need to say about that. Yeah, yeah he's that's in that good. list with Dan Schneider, people we don't want to talk about. Well, the less said the better. I, I, that's all I was going to say about him. But I was going to say the original Beanie and Cecil from back in like the 60s or 50s, does not age well one bit. Oh, no. what a what a surprise! John K being involved in something that doesn't age well. I am shocked. This is my shocked face. All right, let's move on. I don't want to talk about John K anymore. Okay, I don't uh, want to talk about Beanie and Cecil. It's every, everything is just so wrong with that. No, 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 no. Okay, so, oh, I'm trying to see if this is on the list, but uh, he was actually the voice of ZZ Ziv Zoolander on Botsmaster, which is basically, uh, hey, it's a French-slash-Canadian show with robots in it. 
fighting other robots. It's weird. Cool. Cool. So, this was perhaps a family show if Fox did a family show. And we were really, really into it, at least talking about it, right? Yeah. So, what went wrong? Like all things, we have to start with the schedule. The show was scheduled on Saturday nights at 8.30. And during the summer, that would put it up against... Oh, Doctor. It would put it up against 227. Uh-oh. 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 I didn't mean to do the Susan St. James here, but yeah, that that's the death knell right there. And also oh. on a new network to boot. On a new network to boot. But wait, it gets worse. Why? What, oh, no. Okay. Later in the fall, they moved it to 9 o'clock. Okay, what's on at 9 o'clock? Oh, no. The Golden Girls. Oh. Oh, yeah. They moved it to replace Second Chance, which by then would have pretty much been on its last legs because they pushed... Well, remember... Well, hold on. Remember, they took Second Chance off the schedule so that he could later reboot it as Boys Will Be Boys. That's right. That's right. But uh, they actually pushed Second Chance to 930 and and canceled it. And then, oh God, I'm looking at the Fox Saturday schedule from 1987. It's basically rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. More or less, yeah. You have Werewolf, Beans, Baxter, Second Chance, and Duet. Then Mr. President, Women in Prison, Beans, Baxter, and Second Chance. Then Second Chance got canceled and was rebooted as Boys Will Be Boys. And then Women in Prison, Beans, Baxter, and Mr. President. And then that spring, you have Beans, Baxter would have been canceled by them. Yeah, Family Double Dare, Boys Will Be Boys, Werewolf, and another episode of Werewolf. And this was just a placeholder for the Dirty Dozen TV series. Because that was an idea that happened in 1987. Okay, 1989-1990 can't get here soon enough for Cops and America's Most Wanted. Yeah. Late 80s Fox was pretty much... Throwing stuff on a wall and seeing what's stuck there. And unfortunately, Beans Baxter fell victim to that. Well, they didn't find anything that stuck until, again, 89, so two years later. True. So you're probably wondering, because Jonathan Ward was a known commodity back then, is he still around? No, I think he, I think he's retired from acting. Yeah, he pretty much retired from acting. He actually owns a repair and restoration shop in Van Nuys. Oh, that's nice. That's cool. Oh, oh by the way, you're not going to believe this, guys. But according to Truth by Consensus, Wikipedia, do you know who was originally offered the role of Beans Baxter? Can't wait I've, to hear this one. I vaguely, I think, referred to him. Early in this episode, referring to the Police Academy for Yama 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 clip, David Spade, 
You know what? I could totally see that. David wow. Spade's David Spade's just short enough. David Spade's just wry enough. When I say wry, I mean W R Y wry enough. In 1987, David Spade could realistically play a 17-year-old. Yep. He could. He really could. It could have worked. You know what? It probably could have. Well, guys, what do we have to say about the new adventures of Beans Baxter? Spy action for the entire family. And basically the launching point of cult favorite actor after cult favorite actor after cult favorite actor. But in 1987, it was a thing on TV. Hey, guys. Yeah? Do you like to own something really stupid from the new adventures of Beans Baxter? Sure. Sure, why not? All right. I hate money. Let's spend some. All right, <laughs> let's do it. Hit the music. Okay, guys. You are bidding on this press photo from the new adventures of Beans Baxter. And it is a press photo of Elnor Donahue with G. Gordon Liddy. And I'm going to share this picture with you. Are you ready? Oh, 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 gosh. I can't believe you found this. I can't believe this thing exists. (laughs) This is a thing that exists. Chico, do you want to describe the picture? It is... A classic uh, lovers sharing a milkshake picture with Beans' mom and G. Gordon Liddy. And G. <laughs> can't say this with a straight face. And G. Gordon Liddy as the two lovers sharing a, sharing a malted. And look at G. Gordon Liddy's face. And he's just like, yeah, I'm sharing a malted. I'm sharing a malted. What are you looking at? Oh, God. Okay, let me describe the photo in the description. Yes, please. This is an original press photo. He's not for real, Mrs. Baxter. Real-life Watergate conspirator G. Gordon Liddy poses as a womanizing mailman wooing Mrs. Baxter, Elnor Donahue, in order to get her husband held hostage, jealous, in the Beans Home Life Gets Ugly episode of The New Adventures of Beans Baxter, Saturday, November 7th, 9 to 9.30 p.m. New York time, on Fox Broadcasting Company. Photo measures 10 by 8 inches. Photo is dated. I, I don't know if this is December 4th, 1980. I'm guessing this is dated April 12th, 1987, and they're doing the weird stupid uh uk date thing because as we all know the last episode of beans baxter would have been uh if i'm looking correctly november 28th yeah would make no sense if it was dated december 4th one week after the show aired its last episode okay so i'm gonna start the bidding with you mike okay first i'd like to apologize to our european listeners who do the the date month year format what what Greg said was not not the opinion of everybody participating in this episode. Okay, now that I've got that out of the way, 
I have two numbers in mind. It's either this or this. Should I tell you what the numbers are or should I just give you my bid? Give you your bid. Give the bid. You, you don't want to hear my numbers. Okay. I'm going to say $24.95. Chico. Oh, God. I am going to go $15. Oh, and by the way, I'm looking at the picture on the back. It was dated December 4th, 1987. Okay. Thank you for telling me that, Fox. Okay. All right. Here's the price. You ready? I'm ready. $19.99. Really? That's it? I was five too high, and he was five too low. For 20 bucks, you could own this picture of G. Gordon Liddy and Elnor Donahue sharing a milkshake. Now, you know, when I said I had two extremes, I had $25 or $500. Because who wouldn't pay $500 for that? Oh, we could put that in the museum. Oh, I put that in the museum immediately. What we could do is we could put it in the left hand of the McLean Stevenson statue. Yeah. Or or actually, what we could do is with the McLean Stevenson statue, we could have a wall in the background, and the wall could just be all of the 8x10s that have enamored us over the last almost two years. Oh, well, you know what? Eleanor Donahue, she's become like almost a regular on this podcast the last she couple has. months. She has, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We are going to talk about her at least one more time on this podcast. Because when we eventually. Oh, the best role ever. I'm just saying. Oh, get a uh, life. You... Get oh, a life. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, that'll be great. Oh. That will be an epic episode. We may have to block out two episodes for this. You know what? It's so great. Hey, handsome boy modeling agency might take a half hour to talk about. There's so many things to talk about in that episode. But enough about Get a Life for now. Yeah. Well. Well, you know what, guys? You could always go to our website. It was a thing on TV.com where you can listen to the 184 episodes that preceded this episode. Yep. And also visit us on social media. And of course, visit our friends over at Place to Be Nation, where they're dropping episodes three and four of our Olympic tribute. And five. And five. We're going to finish up the Olympic tribute on the Place to Be Nation. Yeah, if you go there right now, you can listen to Man vs. Beast, Man vs. Bear, and Dan and Dave. And I got to say, guys, Man vs. Beast. What a great episode that was. But you know what I got to say about Man vs. Beast? They totally made up that crap as it went along. They changed the rules all over the place. Remember how they freaking did the whole best... Oh, it's a best of three with Brian Clay in the, in the lab. And it's like, no, it's the best jump of all the three jumps. I'm like, we're like, What? And then there was that whole thing with the guy climbing the tree and the chimp. Uh-huh. And it was like they changed the rules of it as it was going on. Like, what the hell? Didn't make any sense. Yeah, he's not wrong. But we also got to see the chimp and all this nakedness. Ew. <laughs> Get that chimp a diaper. <laughs> you know what I have to say about that episode? Somebody get me a banana. 
Somebody get me a banana. Somebody get me a banana. That's right, Larry. Somebody get him a banana. Uh, uh, oh, I, I think that monkey without the diaper had a banana. Hey, Good guy. <laughs> oh, hey, guys, guys. Uh, I haven't even had a chance to talk about this yet. But speaking of Place to Be Nation, Pop. On, At this man, point, on. everyone knows about it, okay? Because mm-hmm. it's been out for like a month. I won Place to Be Nation trivia. Yay! Uh, Greg, 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 Greg. It was a speech, a, speech. It was a hard fought battle. I'd like to thank my opponents. I got to say, facing against Ryan, who was an unbeatable machine. Uh, it was a tough competition, but I'm glad I won. I did not even need to do the final round because I was so ahead in the final round. So I, I just basically just did my best uh, Peter Griffin impression in the final round and just answered some questions with chair, chair. Chair. No. And also, and, also, and also in tribute to Jenny, Debbie does Dallas. Chair. Chair. Okay. But yeah, I'm supposed to be uh, sometime in August, I'm supposed to be a uh, Meeting uh, John DeMarco because he has the belt. So uh, sometime in August, I will do a rendezvous with him somewhere out here in Suffolk County, and I will get that belt. And I will. You're gonna get the belt? Are you gonna wear it while you're recording? Oh, I'll be wear. I'll wear it while I'm recording, and I'll just. I'll be like, "Hey, Eligante did not get the belt from Ric Flair, but unlike him, I got the belt. I'm gonna get the belt." Oh, I was hoping you'd say something about give me the belt. I want, I want the, belt. the belt. I want the belt. I want the belt. He wants the belt. But hey. Well, Greg's got the belt. I, I'm going to get the belt. So next week, we're going to give you three episodes. If you remember about a month or so ago, we only gave you one episode one week due to circumstances. So we're going to give you the episode we were going to do that week. Plus two other episodes. Three really good episodes we have lined up. Three really good episodes. Three very diverse episodes. Let's say that. They're, they're not all in a similar subject matter. No. no. We like to switch things up here on the, on the broadcast. But uh, speaking of broadcast, don't forget to visit us on YouTube. Like, subscribe, share our content. And when you do subscribe, don't forget to ring my bell. So you can stay up to date on future topics. Really means a lot. We put a lot of work and a lot of heart into it. And we're trying to beat this algorithm, damn it. Yeah, we want to get like, we're up to like, I think 80 subscribers on YouTube. Listen, Mike, Chico, I know you like to have 69 followers on Twitter. But you know what? Screw that. I want to get to triple digits, baby. You want the uh, breadstick money? I want the F money. I want to get to 100. And before you ask, you might be saying, well, wait a minute, Greg. Don't you hate Twitter? And the answer is, yes, I do hate Twitter. <laughs> but you know what? In two years of doing this, almost two years of doing this podcast, I want to make sure that we have a decent-sized audience for our social media, damn it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I'll tell you right now, we put some really good stuff on our social media. So yes, we do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I remember. I remember the other day I found the picture of uh, Mari- of uh, Lou Albano as Mario meeting Roddy Roddy Piper. 
I said oh. it. The Piper met the Piper. Yeah, that that was from our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, for Joe, for bringing that up so we could talk about that. Oh, well, who could forget when freaking uh, Captain Lou and Roddy with the bagpipes? Oh, oh, I, I still can't forget about that. That was still great. Okay. Oh. Well, next week. Okay. I'll, do you want me to describe the episodes we got next week? Uh. Well, we'll just say there is one game show, one collection of commercials, and an event that spanned all of pop culture and shaped a decade to come. That's right. Hey, village people, I know you said you were getting ready for the 80s. I got bad news for you. To quote Wade Barrett, I got some bad news. <laughs> Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. But you'll find out about more of that in our next three editions of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Wow! Now, spend a moment with the stars of Second Chance. I'm Keel Martin. And I'm Matthew L. Perry. I play Charles Russell. Wait a minute, I play Charles Russell. I know. I'm you, 24 years from now. Well, if you're me, then who am I? If you want this sorted out, just watch Second Chance later tonight on Fox Weekend Television. First, I'm going to watch Werewolf and Beans Baxter. Great. I'll watch with you.